0: Oh, Welcome Devin, you back. fucked
1: it up. You fucked it up.
0: Welcome oh, back. you wouldn't
1: believe this fucking idiot. Don't you he fucking, fucking <laughs> do this to me. You. Fuck. <laughs> he fucking he hit the fucking space button on the wrong computer. God, fucking I'm dipshit. I'm so advanced. I need two computers to even do this. Oh, I have a fucking I have a fucking diploma, a PhD in music making. I don't even wow. have that you fucking dick. <laughs> I will just I will kill you. This is the end of
2: the podcast. <laughs> If I didn't was, even get
1: that far in, thanks if to If I was bullshit. anywhere
2: within fucking five kilometers of you, I'd walk there and hit you, but I'm not.
1: <laughs> you'd, you'd walk here and just hit me once, and then you'd be like, you want not have like a beer or something? You
2: are the reason I have to use two computers for this.
1: <laughs> I did it?
2: I, I fucked up one of your computers? Well, I've got you on here on one, and then I've got... Whatever, I said I'm not going to get into the back end of this shit. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome back, everyone, to Is This Art Good? Yeah. The podcast where we determine whether this art is good or whether it is not so good. Is this art punk? This is an excellent guiding question for this episode, which is going to take a look at the album Joy as an Act of Resistance by the band Idols, who are not a punk band.
1: Spelt uh,
2: I D L E S. Not I-D-O-L-S. That's right. I also want to take a moment to remind folks that generally, we expect that you've listened or checked out the thing that we're talking about ahead of time. So we are totally, I mean, not so much in this episode, but we are totally able to you know, present spoilers and things that people who have checked the thing out would know about. So we go in assuming we're on equal ground. Yeah. Uh, So I gave Alphonse this album to check out. Uh, it was released in 2018 it is to date the most recent full-length album by the band but they have a new album coming out on September 25th and they didn't pay me to say that (laughs)
0: um
1: yeah not a sponsor um so okay before we get into it you said this is not a punk album
2: yeah so this uh it's really interesting to me so they apparently there's a quote that I looked up, um, basically, of the the their singer saying, we're not a punk band. I really, like, I really, really fucking hate people calling us punk. Please don't call us punk. Okay. We're not punk. Uh, and I think that that's really interesting. And we can get into it. Uh, they're kind of just like whatever they want, which I guess is the most punk thing you can fucking say about your own music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Th-
1: this is kind of... A weird issue, because I approach this entirely from the mindset of like, oh, I like this. I don't usually like punk music that much. Okay. <laughs> that's And that's interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: I, something that I, I I guess I'll say right off the bat that I uh, found when I listened to this album for the first time is that it fits very well in this like new era of, and I'm going to say punk bands, even though... Mm-hmm they wouldn't sponsor this episode like they totally are if I <laughs> if I said that. But the band like punk bands who know how to play their instruments. Yeah. You know, it's it's very it gives me that vibe, which is great. I mean, all of these people who are influenced by like fucking nineties grunge and nineties metal and people who just people who didn't know how to play well, not maybe not nineties metal, but grunge for sure. People who yeah. didn't know how to play their instruments, uh, or maybe just didn't care enough, um, now all of these sort of millennial bands are going and getting music degrees and making punk music, and I think yeah. the band the band PUP is another one. They're a Canadian band, uh, and I think I've mentioned them to you before. But they are like like their guitarist has a jazz degree, but then he writes this fucking nuts so frenetic punk music.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah,
1: that that's so interesting because like I tend to not really. I don't really like punk music, not, out I, I feel like I, oft times I like the culture a lot and like the ideologies behind punk as well as the fashion, but I just, I'll listen to like some old like Sex Pistols or something, and I'm just like, this doesn't feel like how that looks. Sex Pistols, know? Misfits. Yeah, it all feels... Yeah. I Maybe it's because I got into like metal before that, but it all feels like too soft for what they're like espousing. Yeah.
2: It's interesting because I think, you know, at the time, in the same way that it's like the Beatles invented metal with Helter mm-hmm. Skelter. It's like that's as hard as it got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unless you are talking about Black Sabbath or whatever in the 70s where it was like where it was heavy metal. Right? Yeah. Or Iron Maiden or something like that that's as heavy as it got and it wasn't it was just about being gross sounding and it certainly does that it certainly sounds gross not idols necessarily but the old original punk i guess
1: and there's like an ideology of like we want this to sound shitty and be like recorded shittily and it's like i just don't i especially nowadays like that i don't think that that really holds true like at that time, that would have been a sign of like, yeah, we did this in our like fucking basement fucking went or in there whatever. And put a microphone down and bl- bl- recorded the album, man. But it's like, everyone can afford audacity now. Like at least make your shit sound okay. And you know what? I was thinking of that
2: actually, when I was thinking about um one of our, the music for deaf people albums, I was talking to
1: Andrew yeah. about this the other day. That's uh Devin's earlier projects. Yeah.
2: I, I thought we recorded it with audacity. It was 2013 and it sounds great. The only problem is that there's clipping on a lot of the vocals, yeah, uh, which for anyone who's not audio-oriented, that just means there's like some distortion, and it's, it doesn't sound too nice and but in the you know days before digital, you wanted that. you wanted to hit the tape as loudly and as hard as you could to get the best sound and get above that hiss. That the tape had on it. Yeah. So the idea yeah. was to be as loud, and so you actually, even if it was disgusting, trashy sound, it doesn't sound as bad as the disgusting, trashy sound that you would get nowadays by just hitting, you know, record and turning everything up as loud as it could fucking go.
0: Yeah. 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 uh
2: Anyway, so I I'd, I'd like to just start at the top of the track listing, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah. And then I'd... we can jump around however we like.
1: Yeah. I feel like we've kind of gotten the uh pre-roll of like what is our stance on punk music and like how are we coming in this there's actually i wanted to just throw out uh a quote from myself many years ago uh when we were headed to a ska punk uh band streetlight manifesto going to one of their shows uh in montreal and i said i like punk and i like ska but I don't like them alone. I like them with when they're with friends. Yeah, it's got to be mixed with something, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's important. Yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, one of my favorite bands, Billy Talent, uh, is an, a great example of, you know, people who know how to play their instruments. And they are you know, really influenced by, like, Rage Against the Machine and The Police. And, yeah, who you hate. I hate The Police, both uh, the band and the establishment
1: wait wait except for their drummer he did the spyro soundtrack and it fucking slaps it's so fucking good
2: that's right anyways anyway but billy talent's guitar playing is like super super innovative and they're a little bit earlier than the bands that we're talking about you know they were around Mm -hmm. like they started in the mid 90s but just a really really good example of people who write aggressive music or hard-hitting music at least yeah uh, who know what the fuck they're doing And that for me, that's the most endearing thing is people who know what they're doing and aren't just, you know, yeah, messing around.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So going from the start um, and, I, you know, I'm going to note that, like, all of this was uh, colored by my perception that this is a punk album because I didn't know about that quote. Um, Yeah, I can see where where the guy's coming from. To a degree. Yeah,
2: and I said that to you when I gave it to you. I said they were a punk band from England. And yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, so are the Sex Pistols? So, fuck them.
0: Yeah, fuck them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Never mind that bollocks. <laughs> Never. um <laughs> And don't call me bollocks. <laughs> yeah, I'll call
2: you ball. <laughs> yeah, ball gorley. <laughs> that's that's me. Call me ball. <laughs> Is this art good with Alphonse and Ball?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Can we fucking rename it? Okay. Yeah. So fucking Colossus Uh, starts off with this fucking like weird riff. And like it's it's such a slow build that I don't expect at all from like a punk album and just the whole tone. It's of just it. this one note bass line. Yeah. 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 But it's so fucking it's so cool. And I was like immediately like. OK, when you gave me this and you said it was a punk band from the UK, I was like, OK, OK, we'll see how this is. And then you roll your eyes little bit, little eye roll. One of the <laughs> I roll one eye like a fucking chameleon. Sure. <laughs> and then because uh, I'm a lizard person. And then uh, I started listening to this out this song and I was like, oh, OK, this is like this is kind of cool. Like I'm into this. And from there, it like goes into sort of the second part of Colossus. And I hear the line, I'm like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I put homophobes in coffins. And I was like, oh, okay, this this could be really good.
2: Yes. The uh, yeah, I think the phrase I have written down in my notes is it's very millennial punk. Yeah. What I mean, what I mean by that. Well, actually, I want to I want to know what you think. I mean by that
1: i think you mean that it's dealing with issues that are issues that young people care about nowadays um and you know i feel like uh millennial is a broadly used term often incorrectly um yes and i would extend it to like also being like gen z i think it's just it's relevant to a lot of issues that actually matter nowadays. Whereas like, I feel like that's another issue I have with punk music is people are like, Oh, go back and like, listen to this. And it's like, I don't know what the fucking political issues of this time were in the fucking exactly. UK. Like I live in Canada. I don't fucking know. And there's no punk bands in Canada. Cause we're all nice. <laughs> I mean, but we know what the political
2: issues are right now in the UK.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause we're living it.
2: This album talks so much about that. Uh, Yeah, you pretty much hit the head on the nail when uh, with with what I meant. You know, like the line "this snowflake's an avalanche" sums that up beautifully. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, my my take on Colossus is that it's this very it is this slow build, this very slow burn uh, that then it sort of encapsulates all of what the album is going to be, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is really important on an album that doesn't really have it's not like a con- a conceptual album or like a consistent thematic album, but Colossus sort of gives, you know, the, the slow burn of June, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and then has like the hard hitting part of like Rottweiler at the yeah.
0: end.
2: Yeah. And it kind I... of sums up like it, it's a bite size tablet.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the lack of theme. I think there's a couple songs that stand out as not being super thematic, but I, I think that in general there is a feeling of like, um, you know, very relevant to punk music. It's like a feeling of rev- revolt and like an angry pushing back against um, against just like shitty right wing, like fascist bullshit nowadays. I think there
2: is. Um but I also thought that it was it was actually more accepting than that. Uh, I thought that it did push back, but, you know, in a song like Great, it's a song like, it's saying what you think is bullshit, but, like, here's how we can look at it differently. Here's how we can help each other out and fucking come to a consensus on something.
1: Like, how it kind of twists the idea of unity as a theme, um, which, like as I understand, it is pretty often used in like, it, you know, it's like freedom for America. Like it's a, yes, uh, it's a, it's a word that's kind of a, bu- a political buzzword in the UK. Yes. And I like how it twists that, you know, a lot of times that would be used in an, in an exclusionary sense, like, Oh, we, we in the UK need to unify by, Cutting out everyone else in the European
2: Union. Exactly. By by unifying together as our nation and not yeah. by unifying with anybody else.
1: Yeah. Whereas yes. like what they're saying in these songs is like they're preaching actual unity where you're trying to come to an understanding with like everyone and, you know, really come to peace. Exactly. And the songs that sort of, you know, you're when he's identifying
2: as other people you know my blood brother's freddie mercury my blood brother is malala yeah and and saying like all of these people are me like they're i'm one with all of these people and we're all fucking the same
1: yeah yeah the i really like um i like specifically that he throws in like a nigerian mother of three because it's not just the famous people that matter here it's the like every person no
2: that's a really really good point the people that you know the media doesn't cover the people mm-hmm. that the media won't cover like will refuses to cover
0: yeah
1: yeah and and uh i really like in that song um i forget exactly how it goes but it's like i'm made of flesh i'm made of blood i'm made of bones i'm made of love is like yeah. such a powerful phrase of just like we're all people you know this is and and that love is like such
2: a it's just as palpable and concrete as these other things.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a That's, good message.
2: Yeah. Um so I first heard this album or this band when I was watching Peaky Blinders because the song Never Fight a Man with a Perm is in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I and I basically went what the fuck is this? And it's like uh <laughs> just some just some of the lyrics <laughs>
1: Me oh man oh my Roy you look like a walking thyroid you're not a man you're a gland you're one big uh, neck one big neck with sausage hands
2: like exactly
1: I think that is the funniest description of another human being I have ever heard in my fucking life it's so good
2: it's perfect and uh, I don't think you've seen the show but no the energy of that song there was like it just nailed the energy of the scene. Yeah. Uh and one thing they do really well is like adding modern music to, you know, a show that's set in the nineteen twenties to create this kind of disparity, which I like a lot, but that's a different yeah. conversation. But so anyway, I looked this up and then immediately listened to this album and was like, Huh. I'm glad that I know about this now. Yeah. Uh but Danny Nedelko, which is the one that we were just referring referencing before, yeah. was kind of the second one that I latched on to as like never like perm is sort of it sounds like a lot of fun. It's kind of goofier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that there's some sort of a hidden message in there in that like, you know, there are these fucking like thugs, basically. Yeah. Who want to run everything and don't just don't mess around with that kind of people. Don't get involved with those those fucking people because you'll get your life will turn to shit. But Danny yeah. Nadelko was like, oh, I understand where this band's going, where they're coming from with this, like the the kind of energy they're trying to put out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's a Um, it's a good energy that I can get behind.
2: Yeah. Did you. uh, Did you have a problem with how kind of on the nose some of the lyrics were?
1: So not in Danny Nadelko. Um, Where is it? I think it was television that got to me with that. Yes, Um, it's I feel like the, you know, to a degree, there is. Or not, I don't even want to qualify though with to a degree. I think that there's a lot of power in uh, stating a message very plainly so that everyone can like understand it. Yeah, sure. But I feel like the song maybe is a bit repetitive for how much it like goes into that. Like it doesn't it doesn't go in depth, uh, maybe in the verses and such as much as I'd like for how direct the uh, the chorus is. About it
2: yeah, I agree with that a lot I wrote I wrote down you know the the lyrics are very sort of surface level they're very obvious. Um, mm-hmm. another one that I wrote that down for uh, was Samaritans Samaritans is one of my favorites on the album uh, and I was going to ask if you felt like
1: that one was too repetitive. I actually I really like that one um, because I I think I think I mostly like it because there are some lines that really get me. Um, yeah, like this is why you've never seen your father cry. I feel like that's a really good um, a good main line where it's like I, I feel like that that line kind of hit me like because I've I've seen my dad cry, but it was like once and like my dad is a is an emotionally open guy as far as like older dudes go. Right. And like, I don't know, I think that was like after after some real rough shit in our family so like it's understandable but like people should be crying not just over like the like horrible traumatic events in their life but like you know sometimes shit sucks and you just need to cry but like dudes just can't you're right about that sometimes shit just sucks but you should be able to cry for
2: good stuff yeah you should just be able to fucking cry if you need to cry you should be able to have emotions (laughs) Yeah, my thought about the repetition of that, uh, and it only came the, the very last time that I listened to it, uh, was that the repetition of those lyrics kind of imply the, the, the force and like how often those ideas are constantly pushed on men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like constantly saying, man up, don't whine. Yeah. fucking pull your socks up, be a man, be a man, don't fucking, you know, all the time, all the time, all the time. And the whether that's intentional or not, I don't know, but the repetition of the same verse and the same few lines in the song gives like makes the listener understand yeah. what kind of pressure that
1: puts on somebody. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's I think it's a pretty good use of repetition. Yeah. And I I also I really love the line of the mask of masculinity is a mask that's wearing me because it really highlights like how performative a lot of masculine traits are. Yeah, for sure. Like to a degree, any gender traits are like performance. It's like a social, uh, thing that we do, but like,
2: whether, whether we are aware of it or not.
1: Yeah. And I think that like, I feel like, um, the traits of masculinity like the things that we associate with it are oftentimes like more actively destructive to the subject of it you know um whereas like with femininity it's like it just makes you open to being harmed by masculinity more and so it's it's interesting that like it it points out how like maybe you shouldn't try to keep up this like masculine image of yourself because maybe it's not, maybe it's not a real person.
2: Oh, that's absolutely, that's absolutely correct. I think. And I also think, you know, there, there are a lot of songs on this about identity period, uh, and different kind of forms of identity, your national identity, your personal identity, your gender identity,
1: visual identity with, uh, television.
2: Yeah. With television. Absolutely. Your, your sexual identity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I think and, that kind of comes up a little bit in um, Cry to Me. It's a cover, but I like that it uses boy instead of babe or honey.
2: Yeah. See, I think... So I thought that... Uh, I didn't know it was a cover until today. I looked that up. Okay. Or just stumbled upon it. But I thought that uh, Samaritans and Colossus were really, really closely tied there. Because they both make reference to like the, the dad thing, but they also both make reference to uh like a queer identity or you know the i kissed a boy and i liked it yeah and it's just like i can do whatever the fuck i want yeah yeah like this kind of it being the last line i think it's the last line yeah the the last line that's not uh another repetitive line in samaritans it's like i can like this is who i fucking am yeah and the tender violent and queer line is great um yeah i think those two yeah there's certainly a uh you're right that there's a theme. I was wrong to say there's not a theme um, but it, it does fall out at certain points. There are threads that you can tie together yeah um, one thing that I thought was that was that was neat was the uh, idea that not like these songs definitely sound personal mm-hmm. you know and a lot of them are written from an I perspective, but sometimes it's not clear whether they're from the perspective of someone who is currently experiencing these identity struggles, or if they're someone who is reflecting back on struggles that they've had. yeah. And I thought that that made it more kind of widely applicable to a listener. Yeah, for sure. It's not like I'm going through this now. It could be I'm going through this now, or it could be I went through that before and now I'm here who I am.
1: And I feel like um, having it tensed in that way, I think that sometimes when a song is like, very direct about like i'm going through this now um you know i think that can be really good for the artist uh creatively like if if the artist wants to do that then like by all means do it um but i think as a listener sometimes when someone hears a sad song that is like i am sad right now sometimes that can become a bit uh you know like the person latches onto it and maybe stays in that funk so that it still applies to a degree,
2: oh interesting, yeah, I was gonna say, or the opposite, where you know it it lacks the it, it makes the song unable to become this timeless thing
1: by not having it be set during like now, uh or like that being the tense of the song, yeah, it also kind of allows someone who is going through it to listen to it and think of it as like i'll go I'll get through this because this person went through this and like right they had time to write about it so obviously like they have confronted it to some degree at least yeah
2: yeah i like that a lot
0: you know
1: um
2: there there's a lot that can be said just about the lyrics and on this yeah. but i'm curious what you what you what your take was on the music because you said you know it's it really doesn't sound like punk to me all the
1: time it Okay, well, it does, but it sounds like what I feel. And, you know, I bet people are going to like already be mad at me for being like, oh, I don't really like punk and like all this. Whatever. We don't care. And especially now what I'm about to say. But like, fuck you. I'm a cool punk and I'll do what I want. Um, So I think that this sounds like what punk should like mature into. I really like. That they'll use these like kind of whining guitar tones that are like they're holding they're holding space like they're they're longer tones, I guess. Yeah,
2: they're like no noise chords is what you're talking about, basically, like just dissonant yeah. chords and
1: bends. Yeah. And they'll they'll let them sit. Uh, And it, I feel like it fills the same space that like someone just like shredding on a guitar would would fill but it doesn't right. uh, it doesn't create as much, you know, it doesn't create as much noise. But by noise, I mean, uh, you know, space in the audio space that other instruments can't occupy. Complexity. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, like like feedback
2: swells and just like one like one chord that just sort of drones. Yeah. Um, I think Danny Nadelko does that a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that it kind of goes back to like you know, people knowing how to play their instruments, you know, uh, maybe or maybe not. Um,
1: what did you think about the vocal style? I I really liked it. I think um, I think he has a great amount of, you know, with any like harsher lyric thing, you're probably not going to get perfect understandability. And I think that that's fine. Um, but I really like. The level where he's at, where he sounds like very aggressive and like very into it and very energetic. But then you can still understand what he's saying, at least like most of the time. And oftentimes I kind of like when you can't get everything the first time and then you you pick up on what someone's sentence here, there might say afterwards.
2: Yeah, there were definitely a few lines, and I wish I had written one down as an example, but there were definitely a few lines when I thought he said one thing, and then when I read the lyrics, I was like, oh, that's not what that fucking is at all, and it changed. It definitely changed what I thought the song was going for.
1: Dude, I thought that in, uh, in fucking Samaritans, I thought that when he said socks up, he was saying suck suck. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't oh I did not understand the context of that one in
2: in the rest of that. That could be yeah, that could definitely be taken badly. Yep. <laughs> See, and I thought actually that's a good one. When uh he says just lie and then later on he says don't whine. Yeah. But I thought he said don't lie. <laughs> so I thought at one point he was saying, just lie, as in cover it up, but then like cover up your feelings, but then don't lie as in always tell the truth, be an honest man. Right, right. Right. But then it was, it's actually don't whine, which is just don't be a fucking pussy. Don't, don't be a fucking baby. Don't be a fucking baby. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah. He does look like a baby. A
2: wee (laughs) baby. (laughs) Like, yeah. You know what? I, I I wanted to, I want to renege on what I said before. It's not so much, about uh hey here's how we can all come together and see the same like have a shared perspective on something it's not it's not about let's bring these right-wing people and try to tell them how to fucking sit it's not that it's fuck that i don't agree with that but it's saying hey you people you anti or you pro brexit people you know you fucking anti-muslim people it's still about positivity in an in, and an individual response. It's like, here's how you can respond to this. Yeah, yeah. Right? Instead of like, hey, see things my way, it's here's what we can each do as individuals to change things that we don't like, period. Yeah. Wherever you fall, this is the response you, you can take. Yeah. And that I like a lot. I think that punk, it, it focuses a lot of times too much on the group. Mm. and it makes it hard to sort of uh it, it makes it hard to understand what the artist wants you to actually do about it
1: yeah I, oftentimes like it's also hindered by like um kind of uh jargon that the group that the punk band might be part of uh has kind of grown to use but isn't really relevant to anyone outside of that group
2: yeah yeah i agree with that and there's you know what though there's some of that uh interestingly enough there's a lot of very English jargon on this album. Mm. And a lot of it I didn't get like for example blighty is yeah. a slang term for England or for an English person.
1: So that yeah I didn't pick up on that. I had assumed that that might have been like a specific uh uh political figure.
2: No. But they do reference uh, specific political figures. They reference like specific yeah. ministers. That one fucking song that I didn't again, I didn't write down because I'm an idiot. But <laughs> yeah, blighty is just, it was like a World War II era slang term for a British person. Right, right. So it's saying like some British person wants her blue passport.
1: Yeah, it's like right. it's like Yankee or like Kraut, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of the is Kraut the same offensive. Deal. Yeah, I think
1: so. All right. The Not going to say that one the, again, but that they that was definitely a big World War II one.
2: Yeah, I think the uh, The Godfather told me that that one's offensive because he says he like calls buddy a ra- racist Italian name then he's like, "I'm German Irish." And he goes, "Well, let me tell you something, my Kraut Mick friend." And it's like, "Yeah, right." I like the Mick on got, the
0: end there. You got a
2: name for anybody. Well, yeah. that's what Irish people used to be called, Mix.
1: Yeah, or potatoes.
2: Or potatoes.
1: <laughs> I listen to an Irish podcast and they fucking anytime someone Irish comes up, they're like, oh look at this fucking potato. <laughs> fucking You're a fucking bada- a Badata. <laughs> uh let's
2: talk about love song.
1: Yeah. I actually I didn't get time to look through the lyrics for all of these. Um so I feel like I'm still kind of in in the in the weeds. On love song, a little bit. I'm not sure exactly what to think because it's, you know, it feels like a love song and, or it doesn't feel like a love song, but lyrically it is written somewhat like a love song.
2: Yeah. I, the impression I got was so the line, I carry the watermelon. Yeah. Is like, I think it's like practice carrying a baby, you know, like sack of flour, parenting class. I think it's that sort of, like, or, you know, dad, like, fathers-to-be wearing, like, the fucking pregnancy thing on front of them to know what their wives are going through, that sort of thing. Yeah. But then there's also, like, you know, this modern love, like, I look at this card I bought is, like, love is only, all these symbols of love aren't actually love. Yeah. And poking fun at kind of what relationships are, people, you know, people who post, the relationships online all the fucking time and it's like look how happy we are and nobody really knows what that is um yeah but then the last one where he's saying this modern love modern love don't love love is the end of the song and yeah i didn't know that it was this is so dumb of me actually but i thought <laughs> is this he like was the just fucking like, mango song shit where it's no, like oh, <laughs> it's not that stupid <laughs> i thought because he said the whole time it's this modern love. And then he says modern love and takes away the this. And so mm-hmm. then I thought he was just saying darn love and taking away a syllable each time.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: I, so I don't fucking know. But then I realized it was don't love. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes way more fucking sense.
1: I want to say that the, the line, I think this was the line that like stuck with me maybe the most from the album, like even on my first listen was just... You give me power, you're like a gun or a knife, be my wife is like yeah. so fucking good. What why did that stick with you? It's just like I feel like that is such a an apt way to describe like, you know, we we've both been in in long-term relationships and are pretty uh assumedly for I'll assume for you pretty happy with that. Oh, I'm yes, and, I'm very happy. Yeah. And same here. And I think that in a way, uh, you know, I'm the type to make some jokes at my friend's expenses. And I think that it's hard to state. I think that like there's just something to be said for like this person makes me feel powerful, not in like a masculine like I'm going to fight someone sense. But just like that, which like obviously this is kind of lensed as. But this person gives me strength. Like they make me feel confident. They make me feel like I'm capable of more. They make me feel like just capable. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like this is a very aggressive and kind of funny way to say it that fits within the tone of the song.
2: Yeah, I like that. I don't think I thought about it in that context. I think I thought about it in almost the context of like a codependent relationship. Okay. Where it's like. You allow me to do anything, mm-hmm. but I need you around in a way that like like don't like this love that is what love is
1: right, right.
2: love is needing someone to give you power to be able to do anything
1: right, right. I can see that
2: right and and so I was like hmm i don't I didn't think of it in that positive way like you did, but I like yours better,
1: okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that that's that's way that's way nicer.
1: <laughs> but you know what? This album isn't very nice. Eh, I think it I think it has a nice message stated angrily for good reasons. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I really like how Love Song flows into June, which I don't know if you want to yeah. tackle that later or get into that no, now. No, now's great. Now's great. So, you know, Love Song is a love song potentially Um, or or a love song for better or for worse. It is a song about love. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then June is like clearly about a miscarriage. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's actually, well, a stillbirth.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, I think that like, this is probably the best example Like, in a lot of songs, not just on this album, but, like, in many songs, I could think of of repetition as, like, a powerful tool for, like, driving an emotion. Yeah. Yeah, like, the the use of baby shoes never worn and, like, a stillborn is stillborn, I am a father, is just, like, you know, there aren't that many lyrics in the song, but it's just... It keeps droning with this, and it's just, you kind of have to meditate on it, and it is, it's a lot. It
2: forces you to consider the gravity of what this person's actually feeling. Yeah. And I think, yeah, and musically, you know, it's kind of like the synth synth pad, and it does sort of build in the same way that Colossus does, but it doesn't ever come to a climax. It doesn't release. You know, it, does, it doesn't release, that's right, it just feels more and more and more tense, which makes you feel more and more tense with the, with the singer as he's going through this. Right. And, you know, kind of where the baby shoes for sale keep, keeps going up in register higher and higher. And you start to feel worse and worse. At least I do Yeah, start to feel worse and worse for the person. Absolutely does that in an incredibly effective way.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I was at my parents recently and, um, I was playing this album on the speaker in the kitchen while I cooked and oh, good. it got to June and I was like, hmm, this song's really good. Not right now.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> Not while a...
1: I'm like frying chicken and the family's hanging out in the fucking living room off of that's the kitchen. A parent,
2: that's a parent asks you what you're listening to song and you have to answer them. Right. Nothing worse than that. <laughs> Nothing worse. Even still, even now
1: yeah <laughs> um but i do really i think that it's like i don't know if this was intentional but i i really like how it goes from love song into which you know is about love into june yeah which is about a stillbirth so there's kind of a narrative of like meeting this girl and having a or you know whoever and having a relationship that then leads to a stillbirth And like, that's obviously tragic. And then Samaritans is about like masculinity and like how that is like a dumb concept, basically. And it focuses on crying and being able to show your emotions a lot, which seems thematically appropriate considering where June leaves off.
0: Yeah,
2: I agree with that. I think um, June is also the sixth song. And like if you were listening to this on a record, for example, you know, you would flip it over after June and Samaritans would come on. Yeah. And it would be like this, the beginning of a- another sort of part of the narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that kind of leads me to where I was going with the side two. Uh, my biggest problem with this album, I think, is that side two just doesn't feel as committal almost or mm. it feels like more like they're phoning it in in a very kind of uh stylistically similar way across you know basically from television to Rottweiler
1: yeah i can i can see that um
2: um like sorry, they just the songs the songs feel more obvious specifically television uh Graham rock and Rottweiler uh, and I'm not cu- counting cry to me right now, because now I know that's a cover. I have to look at it a little bit differently.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, But I wanted to know what you thought about that last batch of tracks.
0: Yeah. I, I
1: think I, I still like great and I like uh, Samaritans a lot, but I do feel like television is kind of the low point on the album for me. And then mm-hmm. like, Gramrock feels like the song that's there for if this band plays the album live and they need one where they can kind of like do some weird stuff, be a little more experimental on a live setting. Okay. I don't know. I I feel like I don't connect to it because there's not much lyrically for me to like zone into. And I think think, the writing... I don't really get it. Yeah. I, I saw a thing that was like, it's supposed to be about like two bankers who are like smoking, who are who are off their faces on meth uh, at a funeral. And I'm kind of like, th- this is what I meant by like, there are some tonal, like I think that this album has a theme, but there are some that just don't fit in.
2: Yeah, I mean that, I did read that they scrapped like a whole batch of songs that they had written for this before they put the album out. Okay like before they recorded it, like, I guess they were just feeling, you know, record label pressure, like put out a second album. That's usually what it is. Like hurry up and put up a second album so that we can yeah. get your, get, sustain your success. Right. And they kind of did this thing where they were like, well, I'm not, we're not going to write something that we don't feel good about. And so they kind of focused on these more personal songs and rewriting, but it could have been one that just like held over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what and whatever. Uh, I just don't, yeah I just don't get it it just doesn't click with me I don't understand it lyrically and
1: I'm just like I don't know yeah I, f- I feel like it's fun but that's not like it, it's it pales in comparison to what the rest of the album can do
2: yeah I think that um that and television are the low points for me as well
1: and I think I think Rottweiler for me as well
2: and Rottweiler as well Yeah. Yeah. Now Rottweiler I think is a great would be a great live track. It would be a really awesome closer. Yeah. Especially because there's this, you know, even on the record they do this big, massive, gross ending that just drags. Yeah, and I'm sure not
1: like a punk album ending or like a punk song ending at all.
2: (laughs) Yeah, totally not. (laughs) It's definitely uh like a fucking soft rock ending.
1: It's kinda like the ending of Stand By Me, where it just kind of fades. Oh yeah, just like
2: that. Fuck. (laughs) Um, but I felt like, yeah, it just sort of drags. And I think that my biggest issue is that I didn't get what the lyrical content of those songs was supposed to be for, who it was supposed to be for. And it didn't seem like it was written for the same audience almost. Yeah. As the rest of the album.
1: Now, he, I guess like in an interview, they said that Rottweiler is supposed to be about kind of like tabloids and yeah. how they're like, they're, they're all propaganda, basically.
0: Okay. yeah, sure. And
1: I think that's a fair point, but it just doesn't really like state anything about that. It's just kind of like there's like a line where it's like there's a vulture at my breakfast table. And like that is the closest thing I could get lyrically out of it to like this is a newspaper or something. Right. And that's that's
2: interesting, too, because we were just saying how much like how on the nose some of them are. Yeah. And this one's like so cryptic that you can't even discern what it is about
0: yeah yeah like
2: that's strange,
1: yeah it's definitely a weird thing where like you know on televi- I think it's really just television for me. I'm like, okay, this one's like overstated, but then like, yeah, the like Rottweiler's like, okay, what is even the concept here And I feel like I'd be more down for Gram rock as well if it was like like i I feel like I like gram rock as a song but not as a song on this album.
2: I agree with that,
1: yeah. Like and, yeah. and I, I feel kind of similar with Rottweiler. Like I like them, but I don't. I feel like the album would be a more cohesive whole without them. You know, like, I yeah I feel I feel the same way. Even Television, which like I don't like as much musically, I still think that like it's a stronger inclusion on the album than right. like these two.
0: Okay,
2: yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, before we jump to the end. We didn't actually talk about I'm Scum.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. That was the song that made me realize that there is like uh, that kind of whining shrill tone as opposed to like shredding notes.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, That that one, I think that
2: is like the real put your fist in the air and be proud of who you are. Yeah. Kind of millennial one. And I do when I say millennial, I want to be clear what I mean, because I've said that a few times. I love that millennial is used as a derogatory term uh, mm-hmm. because nobody knows what the fuck it means. Yeah. Properly speaking, a millennial, now not to be concern, confused with a zillennial, which is between fucking millennials is, and Gen Z.
1: Oh, fuck that. Generations are oh, yeah. a fucking lie anyways. Fuck They're
0: that. They're a fucking
2: lie. They're
1: spo- Yeah. It's a fucking disaster.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But that's kind of the point. Nobody knows what the fuck they mean when they say millennials especially not the people who use that word.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, like the people who use that as a derogatory thing are like, oh, these millennials, you know, the 10-year-olds on TikTok. And it's like, dog, millennials like are like 30. <laughs> like, what are you Dude, talking yeah, about? Like, the fucking
2: guy in this band is 36. I looked that up, 36. And he's a millennial. Yep. Like millennials are old. Like we're smack in the middle. We're at the end. We're at the very end of what millennials are.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I saw a thing that was like potentially I'm not even one by some, you know, all the fucking deck like decisions of yeah, who what dumb. who is what generation is all bullshit. Anyways,
2: yeah. I, sometimes they fucking they cut it off at like 1996 and or 1997.
1: Yeah, fuck off. Like, it, it, if you're gonna commit to a term yeah. like millennial, it should mean like born before the fucking you know born after gen x but before 2000 basically like and i see i th-
2: i see it as if you can fucking remember the millennium
0: yeah like i right. I was
2: four right so i'm like that's fucking i was barely i'm on the cusp of being able to remember that but someone yeah, who's yeah. born in 1999 doesn't drop. know
1: yeah there you fucking go my sister was like oh man let me explain y2k to you and i was like i don't get it <laughs> I just I fucking, watched the fucking have, TV on Fox.
2: Have I told you about my uncle who was all fucking terrified about Y2K? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> Dude, so he full on. So we had my family, I remember this, rented out like a hall for a New Year's Eve party 1999, but he stayed at home on the fucking farm up north of Seven. <laughs> Uh, that is a local phrase for anyone who was like oh, what the fuck's going with the seven. North I'm of not gonna seven, justify just it.
0: real fucking
1: dirty up there.
0: And you he
2: know? was like he was like, We're all going to die. Like the world is going to end full on. He was actually on the news once, not related to Y2K, <laughs> because he said that there were fucking balls of fire coming down from the sky and landing in his uh fields. And fucking UFOs were abducting his cows and shit.
1: Dude, the fucking guy from JoJo is going to show up there. (laughs) He's going to be like, hey, do you need a pair of dice? Do you want me to be some
2: Fucking Legolas. Yeah, Legolas. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah. So that I'm scum is like, yeah, I'm a fucking filthy, shitty snowflake. Fuck yeah. Let's fucking I hate you. you. I'm a cunt. Yeah, you're a cunt. We're all just a cunt. Fight me, boomers. Yeah, and that's great. Like, it is just this rally cry. of Yeah, it's uh, sick. It is li- quite literally the rally cry of a generation.
1: Yeah. I think that that's, like, what a lot of this album kind of is and what I appreciate about it. It's just so yeah. aggressively, like, for everything I agree with. And, and I feel like, I don't know, with a lot of art centering around, like, uh, queer or trans or like anti-fascist or anti-capitalist notions. Yeah. Like any of that good shit. A lot of the time it's very soft and it's very like, you know, nice and and pleasant. That's
2: that's my problem
1: with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that there's a way to be aggressively for those things. And I feel like if anything, nowadays we need more aggression, not not direct aggression in terms of like we should be angry and just Not an physical aggression, mob, but people no. need to get excited and like, you know, people need to be angry and outraged when awful shit. Yeah, happens. you're talking
2: about like you're talking about, you know, the fucking armchair activist.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But it's like, I mean, how did gay rights get to where they are?
1: Throw fucking through brick
2: exactly that through. Yeah, throw a fucking brick. Exactly. Yeah. Not at anyone just add a building. I mean, and then at somebody. So if they tell you to fuck, if they call you a snowflake, kill them.
1: No, don't. No, never mind. Only if they're a cop. I'm
2: not I'm not advocating murder uh unless you're a cop. <laughs> no. Wait, 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 wait. No. <laughs> wait,
1: wait, wait. You're advocating murder of cops, right? Arrest Briona Taylor's murderers. Do that.
0: What are yeah, their fucking names do that. again?
2: I'm going to look it up right fucking now. Yeah, do now. it.
1: Because that's important. It's important to, to fucking make sure everyone knows those shitheads. This was not pre planned or anything, but like, fuck those guys. Let's just throw that out on here. Jonathan Mattingly, Brett Hankinson, and Miles
2: Cosgrove.
1: Yeah, go fuck yourselves. Fuck those guys. Yeah, you should all be fucking charged. And you know what? I hanged. Yeah. The. <laughs> man here's my opinion if you if you're a cop if you're in a position of power then the death sentence applies to you and only you i think that's i think that's a great one all right we'll leave it at that because i think (laughs) i think we're coming on pretty strong and i think we've we've come on strong enough at least yeah um but yeah fuck those guys fuck fascists and yeah this album's fucking pretty cool so is it good okay give me your uh give me your take on this
2: album yeah your 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 rating
1: i think this album hmm see this is weird because i'm coming at it from an objective stance right yes i'm doing my objective review first and it's hard to say because i feel like there are times in this album where i'm like it's a bit repetitive But but it is overall very good. But then, like, I want to give it a better objective score even for its lyrical writing. And I think that that's like maybe fair to do with something like June where it's like, yeah, it the I, I I question whether I should bump it up for having political opinions that I agree with when I'm doing an objective scale. Probably not. Probably not. But don't worry, guys, that'll come into the non-objective personal scale. So I think objectively, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a seven, maybe a 7.5. OK, I really like a lot about it. Um, I probably I will listen to it more for sure. That's good. Um, it has been added into my my rotation. Um, I might skip some of the later songs. Um, that's
2: what I usually do
1: (laughs) yeah but there is a lot on this album like even without those uh, political leanings I think that there's a lot to like on this album and it's very good I'm even tempted to like move that up to an eight Um, but I think that that might be skewing the scale a little bit so I'm gonna go with a seven and I think I'm gonna give it an eight uh, on a personal level okay it gets a whole extra mark for its excellent uh, political takes
2: so it's like a whipping cream for you.
1: Yeah, it's a whipping cream. Right on.
2: Yeah, I uh, am in a sort of similar boat. Um, a lot of this, a lot of the music kind of, it reminds me of a lot of, I mean, it is similar to other bands that I'm into right now, two of which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's right in the vein of what I am currently enjoying. I think it does. Now, I would classify this as a punk album. Sorry, who gives a shit? I don't. <laughs> they do, apparently. Uh, but it's so not, you're right that it's so not what punk is or it's what punk should grow up to be. Yeah. Um, and so for that, yeah, like I, I give this album an eight because it is doing something. It is doing a style so right to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and personally I give it the same, uh, because the, the, the repetitive, like there is a lot of repetition in some of the songs. And that's mostly what brings it down for both personally and my objective. I give it an eight across the board. Whipping cream across the board for me.
1: Whipping cream all across the board. It's everywhere. Yeah. Clean it. Clean up that board. You're not going to be able to mix stuff right, Devin.
2: No, a little food fetish. It's all good. (laughs) Don't kink shame me, buddy.
1: That's that's what we really needed on that album is a song about not kink shaming.
2: It's just whipping cream, though. It's not whipped.
1: Yeah, yeah. There you go. Anyway. Yeah.
2: I would love to get into the part where we give each other the pieces for the next episode.
1: That part. We should have a little jingle and like a little a title for this section, maybe.
2: Ooh, that's a good idea. How about like this?
1: So what comes next? Why don't you go
2: first? You tell me what you're what you're giving me for the next episode.
1: No you. No you. No. (laughs) No you. Okay. No you. Uh All right. So I, this is interesting. This is an artist I might have mentioned a, like, I think like a maximum of like three times to you. Um, okay. But they are one of my favorite artists. Um, and I, I had, I keep like several of their albums and like other projects with other artists uh, on my Spotify, like saved and everything. Um, sure. And that is Aesop Rock. Uh, Yes. Okay. Not to be confused with ASAP Rocky. No,
2: I am familiar with both of those people. ASAP Rocky is like like a mumble rap guy,
1: isn't he? Uh, I'm not super sure. He collaborates and like hangs out with uh, Tyler a lot. Tyler, the creator. Okay, sure. But that's most of how I know him. He's not super mumbly from what he's like collaborated on with him. Um, Okay. So So what's the album? So, wait, you said you're familiar with Aesop Rock? Yeah, only, mostly in name. Okay.
2: Uh, Uh, Friends have listened to him a lot more than I have, certainly.
1: Okay, cool. I should hang out with your friends. (laughs) Probably. You. I Um, mean, yeah. Well, the album is The Impossible Kid by Aesop Rock. Okay. I believe it came out in 2016. You know
2: what? You're a fucker. Because I have the folder of this album on my computer. Uh-huh. From a USB that you gave me already.
1: Mm-hmm. I mailed yeah. it to you in a USB. Uh,
2: I don't think you mailed it. I think you gave it to me. No, you just
1: you just took it with you when you came and visited. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I'll listen to that.
2: The impossible kid. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. It's um it's kind of like a biographical, not not super Uh, sticking to that but like it's it's him talking about a lot of times in his life okay and it's kind of the first album where he it's it kind of marked a shift in his style where he became a lot more um solidly his lyrics became more concrete in like what they were about right um whereas they could get pretty like Uh, jargon-y. Like abstract? Yeah, Yeah. it can be very abstract and more like feeling-y.
2: Okay, cool.
1: And a thing about it, on your first listen or two, I want you to try listening to it without uh, looking up any lyrics because that was my experience with it at first. And I think that that would be interesting. Okay, I can do that. And I also feel like the the beats, the uh, music on the album is worth taking in kind of on its own merit. Okay, sounds good. All right, what what have you got for me, you fuck? Now, I have
2: something for you that is an absolute game changer for both of us.
1: Uh shame ganger.
2: The album, yes. So I'm also giving you an album this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is, it's an album that I am familiar with, but have never actually listened to all of. Oh. Okay. You, similarly, I'm sure. It is one of the highest selling albums of all time. Okay. And the album is Back in Black by
1: ACDC. Oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you absolute piece of garbage.
2: I fucking love you. So here's here's why I'm giving you this album. Um, Because I think it's important for us to go at things that we just fucking hate.
1: Yeah. No, we need a scale. Well, we have a scale,
2: but what we try to accomplish here is honest, objective reviews of pieces of art on their own merit Yeah. without taking other things into account. That's what we try to do. Mm -hmm. And I want to fucking make you do that to this album. I hate you. I I don't care about your subjective opinion because I know that you're going to be like it's fucking just classic rock, I hate it. But this is like unmistakably this is one of the the pub in the public opinion one of the best albums ever mm. in rock. Mm-hmm. And so I need I need for us to talk about it because mm-hmm. we both fucking hate this band. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah okay fuck that's all <laughs> so i'm giving you one of my favorites that i've never talked to you about and you're giving me one of our least favorites that we've always talked about
2: yes all right that'll be great.
1: great i'm excellent i'm so excited
2: <laughs> we will uh we will see you all in two weeks we'd like to remind you that we are on twitter and instagram at is this art good and would like to request. That you please subscribe, rate, review, follow, rake, rake review, leave us a rake review.
1: Please review our rakes.
2: Oh, less good than the uh, six prong rake, but better than the twelve prong. I don't fucking I'm know what the you, fuck that please
1: is. Please review. Please like our thing. Oh God, we need. Uh, to Tell support.
2: your friends. Please like just us. Just wait because you're gonna get to hear our our real opinions. You think we had pretty positive things to say this episode? You're going to think we have fucking the worst. Uh, we're, you're going to get to hear us just tear something apart that's loved by so many people.
1: I'm going to shit all over ACDC.
2: Yeah, shit on them.
1: I'm going to do it. They'll love it.
2: Until next time. <laughs> that's Alphonse. <laughs>
1: and that's Devin.